You are listening to the 12 Stone Podcast. For more information on our eight locations or service times, please visit 12stone.com. Now enjoy Pastor Kevin Myers as he delivers Help Me. And I cannot hardly stand still when they play that. I mean, it kind of moves me. I got no moves, so, uh, so I can't do anything about it. But it inspires me, and it inspires me right to this prayer. So being inspired, let's go have this. Each week, we're reading this prayer together. It's giving us guidance. We're leaning into it. So with passion, everyone, cross campuses, online, wherever you are, right here in the room, let's read this prayer together loud with passion, offering it to God, because this is a dear God prayer. Everybody ready? Here we go. Read it with me. Open my eyes. Connect my heart. Help me use me. And today, we're going to lean into help me. See, the disciples, the 12 disciples of Christ, and the early church modeled this help me kind of prayer. They demonstrated that we're dependent on God. And let's face it, all of us could confess, well, I'm not God. I I can't solve anything. I can't, or everything. I can't, I can't carry everything. Everything that sits on me is kind of over my head. Dear God, help me. It's a legit prayer. And and you find that all throughout scripture and the early church. And their prayer is, is, is almost instructional. So we're going to look in Acts chapter 4, and I'll just put it on the screen. We can read it together, and I want to break it down piece by piece. And and as we do, the church finds themselves in a place of persecution. Peter, John, uh, just watched in the name of Jesus a healing of a beggar, but they're being persecuted because they're standing in the name of Jesus. So when they heard this, as in, when John and, and, and Peter came back to the church, the whole church heard this. They raised their voices together in what, everybody? Prayer. And, and God is calling us as a people, as a church, to be rooted in prayer. 21 days is part of that expression, launching this whole vision 2021. Well, their voices together in prayer to God. L- look at this. Sovereign. Look what they're saying about God. Sovereign Lord, they said. You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. They started with what? The greatness. They started with the greatness of God in reverence. So everybody, you should have your teaching notes out right now. You should have teaching notes here in the room, cross campuses online. And you should have your pen, pencil, and you should just write right here. You begin with the greatness. With the what, everybody? Greatness. I couldn't hear you. You begin with what? The greatness of God. It's where they began their prayer. Now, their prayer went on. Jumping down 
Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will, your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. So, so what's going on? The next thing in their prayer, if you're taking notes, you grab your pen, write it down. There is something about the will of God being recognized, exercised, and prevailing. So they began with the greatness of God. They moved to talking about the will of God, but then the prayer moves forward. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants. See, that's a prayer of help me, help us. Dear God, we're going to need the power of the living God in us, through us, upon us, for us. So enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Here we go. You're writing it stuff down. You're taking notes. You're like, okay, greatness will, and now help me. Say it with me, everybody. What? Help me. God, I, I'm going to need your help. Stuff's beyond me. That's not where their prayer ended. Stretch out your hand. Talking about God's power. Your hand is going to take your power. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they had prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. In other words, here we go. Last of the notes you're writing down. Right, everybody? Here it is. Use me. Use me. Use us, oh God. We're intimately engaged in this, this thing of the kingdom of God on earth. Hands up prayers we left off last week. And the early church and the disciples are praying down almost this pattern of greatness, will, and help me and use me. Where did they get this? Where did, where did they get that? Scripture tells us, and Jesus, when he was with his disciples was in the midst of prayer. When he finished praying, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. They just experienced something from Jesus. So we don't know how to do that. Teach us how. And what did he deliver? What we often call the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And give us today, this day, our daily bread. And forgive us our uh, debts as we forgive our debtors. And oh Lord, uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And what was Jesus doing? Jesus was almost giving a model, if you will, a form for prayer. If you're wondering how to pray, did you see how that laid out? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You begin your prayers with the greatness of God. Not with help me, but with the greatness of God. If you're saying, I don't know how to pray. You, you all in this 21 days of prayer, when I get alone with God, I don't know how to pray. What do you start with? You start with what, everybody? The greatness of God. Then you move to the will of God. God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm here a part of your kingdom and your agenda and your purpose. You're not here for me. Although you are gracious to be so, I join you. You're not building my kingdom, I'm building yours. And in that, God, to that end, because you're God and I'm not, help me. And you go very practically into the help me stuff. Help me, oh God. Give me today my daily bread. You're my provider. Help me in relationships. Forgive me as I forgive others. 
oh God, I'm in a world where it looks like it's just natural, but it's actually supernatural. You know, help me stand in my character against temptation. And then I'll just confess, God, that I know I'm on mission. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, and it's going to take your power. Do you see how powerful? If it's helpful to you, you could put it this way. The Lord's Prayer is a model prayer, and it's relational, missional, and practical. Jot it down. It's relational, missional, and practical. If you want to know if that's maybe a simpler way to put this together, and, and I want to make this accessible and helpful to us, so let's do that. First of all, prayer is relational. Prayer is relational. Our Father in heaven. We're in relationship with God. God wants to hang with us. I mean, literally, you got to see it that way. Not a distant deity, but an intimate father. He's the creator of all relationship. What we have with him is relationship. When you pray, you're in relationship with your father in heaven. Hang out with God. Now, he, he calls us his sons and daughters when we're restored to him through Jesus. Calls us family. That's why literally the church is a church family. We love to hang together. And I discovered after last Sunday uh, that a whole bunch of y'all were hanging out together at Popeye's. <laughs> yeah. If you were here last weekend, we did that whole little, you know, southern as we are, we love chicken sandwiches. And uh, Travis did a little Popeye's, a little Chick-fil-A, a little taste test. It messed with y'all's head, and you got interested in some Popeye's. By the way, uh, one 12 owner sent this little um, family feud from Canada that happened in the last couple of weeks. It's so funny. I just have to play it for you. Check it out. All right, no team has reached 300 points, which means we're going to sudden death. Give me Logan. Give me Eve. <laughs> Real simple. There's one question. Only one answer. Whoever gets it, you're playing for $10,000. That's it. Whoever guesses this wins the game. Here we go. Name Popeye's favorite food. Chicken! Oh, my God. Show me chicken! Spinach, Sherry. Show me spinach! Show me spinach! Oh, my God. At least she was a good sport, right? Oh, that's hilarious. Well, you all went to Popeye's last weekend, and we know because it was all over the social media, went out there to hang out together, have chicken sandwiches. Here's one of the social media posts. So did a thing. Went to Popeye's to try out that chicken sandwich. It's a brand new location in Buford. Me. So y'all been busy? Window staff. Oh, yes. Me and new and all, we've been packed. Window staff number two. And ever since that preacher mentioned it, business has doubled today. <laughs> Window staff, yeah, if I need prayers, I know where I'm going. <laughs> 12 Stone said, yeah, it's called 12 Stone. You're welcome. Isn't it great? Even with chicken sandwiches, we can help reach people for Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Such fun. Well, we love to hang together. And we thought, you know what? Let's just keep it going for one more week. Just one more week. Since we enjoy being together as family, we got an idea. See if you like it. See if you want to do it. This Tuesday, we're going to call it Chicken Sandwich Day, night. I have no idea what I'm saying. 
And, 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 and so here's what we're going to do. We're going to pick five, six, seven Chick-fil-A's that are kind of central to, to all of our territory here as campuses. And at noon, we're going to announce where those locations are. So on our social media, this Tuesday, around noon, lunchtime, we'll send out, here are the five, six, seven locations. Then... If you show up at one of those locations, uh, probably I'll be at one, Travis will be at one, some campus pastors will be at one. If you notice us on the way in and you say, I'm a 12 stoner, starting at 5.30 through 7, the first, I don't know, 200, 250, 300 at each store, we're going to buy your sandwich. How about that? <laughs> sandwich on us. So you pay attention and we're going to go hang out together. I mean, it's not about chicken sandwich over Southern. We love chicken sandwich, but, but it's just about hanging out together. See, when, 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 when this whole prayer thing that Jesus delivered, how do you pray? He said, it's first relational, our Father in heaven, hallowed, which means revered. Say with me, we do not begin with help me. That makes it about us. Maybe that's what's broken in a lot of our prayers. Because you have so much weight and problems are so big. But if you don't start with his greatness, then it never gets right-sized. When you say, hallowed be your name, when you start with the greatness of God, the size of God increases, the size of your problems decrease, and life gets right-sized. It matters how you pray. It's first relational. Then it's missional. Just jot it down. It's missional. In other words, use me. And God will and he does. But that's next week. We say, your will be done. Yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. We're going to pick that up next week with, with use me. But now we're going to go after the practical. Prayer is not just relational. It's not just missional. It's practical. God help me. And those are legit prayers. God invites them. Listen, students, you're the ones who care, kind of care about this. You're going to be off school for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And students love that. It's like, yay! But do you know that Martin Luther King Jr., who was first and foremost a follower of Jesus Christ, he'd settled, God's my father. I'm in relationship. He was on mission. Man, I, man, I, I, got, I got a calling on my life, which, by the way, he was not only a follower of Christ, but, but he was a pastor, helping people discover the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of God be restored to him. But he had a mission. Then he was a civil rights leader, and he was helping call a nation to what we already believed as values. But we have to live it out. He was calling us to live it out. That everyone is created in the image of God. Everyone is created equal. And there is no greater or lesser people based on race, ethnicity, or the color of your skin. Before God, everyone is equal. And he brought the power of that message to our nation. We declared it. We just were living it. But then there was a time. And it's, there's a song on my iTunes uh, from Jason Upton called uh, Never Alone Martin. And it's like an 11-minute song where, the, where, where Jason Upton riffs. In the middle of that song, he, he says, and there was a moment when Martin Luther King got a phone call, and, and they threatened the life of his family and his own life. 
And, and Martin offered prayers of help me. Oh God, I, I've been walking with you for years. You know I believe in you. You know I look to you. You know I trust you. God, help me. I need to hear you call my name. I need you to, to, to speak to me. I need to know that you're with me. And then the song goes on, never alone, never alone, Martin. Reminding us that Jesus said, I would never leave you or forsake you. Help me, prayers. You see what Martin Luther King was saying is I've got a wall in front of me and I've got to scale this wall and it's, it's just, I can't do that on my own. Help me, oh God, help me. What the early church was praying in Acts chapter 4 is we're in the midst of persecution. We, we, we got to call of God on us. We know you're great. We know you want to use us in the mission. We got to help people, but God, you got to help us, enable us, give us power. We can't scale the wall. What David was talking about in Acts chapter 18, check this out, is dear God, help me. That was his prayers. With your help, say it with me, everybody, with your what? See, David's praying. Oh, God, with your help, I can advance against the troop. With my God, I can what? Scale a wall. Man, I got walls I got to scale. I can't do that without God. You make your saving help my shield, and your right hand sustains me. Your help has made me great. I'm not great, David says, but I become great because when I hit the walls that are over my head and beyond me, when I got the weight of problems, I got financial problems, I got job problems, I got career problems, we got economic problems, I got marriage problems and family problems and people relationship problems. Oh, dear God, I, I'm under temptation. My character's being attacked. I got moral things I'm facing. God, I, I can't get over the wall. I got health issues. Help me, oh God. Help me. And God invites the prayer. God invites us to help me prayers. Listen, the wall is not there to stop you. The wall is there to teach you dependence. Teach you what, church? Dependence on God. And so Jesus taught us to pray. And, and he illustrates, give us today our daily bread. By the way, he said daily because it's daily. And you say, oh, dear God, uh, for 2020, um, give me everything I need financially. Amen. And you don't pray about it again until 2021. <laughs> no, God, daily. I can't solve an economy globally or nationally, not even locally. But dear God, help me. Maybe it's helped me because I can't hit my, make my mortgage. I can't cover my utilities. I, I can't provide for, for the kids you've entrusted me. God, help me. Listen, when we get in this 21 days of prayer, it's that practical. God, help me. I'm, I'm, under, I'm under weight, and I need this in my job, and I need this help. And maybe you need a job. Maybe you're underemployed. Maybe it's God, I see wisdom to know, know how to handle our money better and wiser and smarter and, and more capable. But I want you to see something. This, this prayer that Jesus gave is practical. It's right where you live. When we're in this 21 days of prayer, the intention is that you would pray about the most practical things. You bring your financial economic pressure because God's your provider. God's your provider. That's what he's saying. I'm your heavenly father. I'm your provider. Don't do this on your own. You weren't designed to. You can't. When we're in this 21 days of prayer, pray that practical. By the way, I don't know if you've noticed, but did you see the pronouns in the prayer Jesus gave? They're all plural. It doesn't say, give me this day my, it's our. Many people say, well, it doesn't matter if I pray with other people, just pray on my own. That's not what that prayer suggests. You see it? That's plural. 
us praying together this 21 days, praying together matters. And I, I want to say something. And can I say it? Okay, thanks. <laughs> I'm just proud of you. Can I say that? Can I just, as your pastor, can I say I'm just proud of you as a church? I really am proud of you. Let, let me just tell you why. We said, we, we believe God's called us to be more rooted in prayer. Awesome. And then we said, we're going to do this 21 days of prayer. Every day we're going to be praying together. We're going to start early in the morning. I think, this is crazy. Is anybody going to do it? I just want you to know something. That, that over this past week, as we've launched this, between live at the eight campuses, between live online, and, and between people watching it later in the day when they did have time, four to 5,000 people are praying together every day of the week. That's amazing. That's amazing. We're waking up. We're taking the invitation. And I just want to say to you, if you haven't jumped in on the momentum of what God's doing, get in on this. Get in on it. If you can be live in the room at one of the campuses, you want to do this. I've been doing that on Saturday and leading that one on, and it's powerful. But I discovered something else. And let me just say to you, if you can get in at least on one live every week for the next two weeks, just get on live. I'm like in the room, but, but. I know calendars are calendar difficult. Maybe you can't. Maybe all you can do is live online at 6 a.m. Oh my goodness, do this. I, I'm not, I wasn't totally skeptical, but I'm like, is that really a live stream, a prayer guided moment for an hour online? How good would that be? So I jumped in on the community of that on our YouTube channel. Oh my goodness, I was blown away. I mean, we're praying for each other online and, 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 and the spirit of God was present at the house when I'm there. I'm like, this is awesome. And then, and then other people, you can't hit that time, but you can do it later in the day. And so people are jumping in later in the day because the, 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 the line is there for, able for you to kind of tap it. Listen to There's no excuse. Everybody can do it every day. God is moving and he's saying, you can pray, help me. And God's going to respond in powerful ways. It's practical. Forgive me, oh God. My debts as I forgive my debtors. By the way, he's not talking financially there. He's talking sin, transgressions. I've crossed the line. I, God, I, I've sinned against you. Would you please forgive me? I don't like the part that says, as I forgive others. You know what I mean? I mean, God, forgive me, but I can't forgive them. You know what they did. And, and listen, God's saying, oh, no, this guy got to be practical. Daily practical people prayers. Daily practical people prayers. Daily practical people prayers. You say, well, what do you do, PK, when you pray? Practically speaking, I pray through my calendar daily. I just walk through my calendar, all my meetings, and I pray for what's going on in those meetings and those people and those relationships for wisdom, for guidance, for understanding. I pray through marriage and what's going on in marriage. I pray over my family and kids. I pray over key relationships. It's all relational. I mean, that's part of the practical. God's inviting us to. And by the way, over the years, God's answered so many prayers practically in relationship and the like that they've become things I practice without having to pray about them again. For example, uh, Marsha and I don't have to pray again about should we have a date night. I mean, that got settled years ago. You don't have to say, okay, this week, dear God, should we have a date night? If you're married, just have one. Just don't pray about it. Just do it. <laughs> you see, once God already leads you on something, it isn't more prayer. It's more obedience. You can pray on the stuff you're working on, but the stuff he's already took, right? And why do we need date nights? We didn't before we had kids. It was always a date night. But we wanted kids. <laughs> Yay, God. We got them. Have you ever noticed once you get them? You want date nights? 
But have you noticed this? Once you want, listen, once you go out as a couple and you're like, I got to get away from the kids. Have, is it just me or have you noticed that when you get away from the kids, you start talking about them on your date night? Is it, are we the only ones that do this? And then you're like, oh, I can't wait to go see them. They're so cute. I mean, it's it weird how that happens, isn't it? I mean, I, I, Marsha's gone for, for uh, eight days this, this past week and off, off, off on doing this aspiring D Disney dopey run thing. Oh, good for you. You go be your athletic self. And, and I'm proud of you. But, but Jane and I, the 16-year-old and I were home alone. I mean, I miss my wife, but it was awesome. <laughs> because we got to be bachelors. We, we did not make a bed for eight days. We did not clean up dishes for eight days. We didn't pick a thing up for eight days. It was glorious. Of course, then we had to do it all the day. She came home. But, she, but, 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 while, but while she's gone, I said, I want to see the kids as old as they are, and I want to see my grandbabies. Oh, my. So I said, watch me. It's all Dave and Buster's. You have got to see this little picture of, of, of Braden. He's on my shoulder, the one that you prayed for the past year. God healed him in the glorious kindness of God. And watch this little video when he finally figures out that I'm doing a selfie video. Check it. I'm a grandpa. Check it out and appreciate it. <laughs> Cutest thing in the world. That's how all parents or grandparents feel about their kids. God gives you practical things, like do your date nights. In fact, I, I just got a list of things. Every one in seven days, uh, no work but worship because you depend on God. We have family nights once a week. Uh, we have four nights a week I with my kids to pray and, and, and be with them. When it comes to money, the first 10% goes to God. We don't pray about that anymore. Uh, we live on less than we make. We don't pray about that anymore. Uh, we never use credit card for credit. We always have the cash and we pay it off every month. Been doing that for years. Uh, Forgive like God forgives you. Listen, 70% of your relationship challenges will be resolved if you'll just forgive. Don't need to pray about it all the time. Sometimes you just need to let it go. Listen, I don't have to re-trust them the way I once did. Some of that gets earned back, but I do have to release them. So God, is, you have forgiven me. Help me practice forgiving others. It's very practical. So I obey God, and then I pray in very practical ways. Help me. And help me with my character because I'm under temptation. Lead me not into temptation. Father, don't let me get led and taken away by that. Why? Because there's a natural and supernatural world. Remember we talked about last week, hands up prayer. Because that sways the battle. I got walls. I got financial walls, relationship walls, character walls. I got all kinds of career walls. God, I'm trying to, and I can't scale the wall. I need your help. Help me. Help me. It is the nature and the kindness of God that he would help us. So I have this statement that helps me. I wrote it down. If it's helpful to you, we'll put it on the screen. It just kind of gives me a sense of this, this prayer is not how we get a handle on God. Hang on. just Because sometimes we think when we pray, now we've got God. Just hang on. Prayer is not how we get a handle on God. It's how we surrender for God to handle it. See, when we say for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, what it means is I'm not going to handle it. God is. I'm not going to handle it. God is for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. 
Now, I don't know. Um, I don't know if, if what I'm going to do next is going to be helpful to you. I hope it is. But Marsh and I have a journey that we have not talked about publicly. And with it is a story that uh, I don't believe we've ever shared. And it sets inside a view of how God answers help me prayers. And I don't think God answers help me prayers the way we always want him to. I think we say, God, help me, and then we expect him to answer the prayer just as we prayed it. And when he doesn't, it doesn't feel like he's helping. But what if God has at least four, probably more, different ways that he's helping? What if sometimes he's helping us wait? It's in the waiting. And sometimes he answers the prayer of helping by sustaining us. And sometimes he answers that prayer by healing us, and that's his help. And sometimes it's aspiring to help us break through. And here's what I mean. Let, let me put it in an analogy. By waiting, I mean sometimes you're trying to go up the wall. You're trying to scale the wall. And, and he's helping, but it's like a snail's pace. And you were saying, well, just remove the wall. And God says, no, we're going to do this really slow. Sometimes it's, it's, he's helping in the waiting to slow up the wall. Sometimes it's sustaining. Like you got to the top of the wall, but not over it. And you, you're just, you're, you're right here. He's sustaining you, but, but you can't quite get over the wall. And sometimes his help is healing. God just pushes it over the wall. He just miraculously engages and participates and does what only he can do so dramatically. He's not merely giving you strength. He's, it's, he's conquered it for you. And, and sometimes it's aspiring. Sometimes you are just, you, it's like, what? wall. Man, you are just, you, you hit, as you hit the wall, it just shatters and God allows things to be, and you pray for help and that's what you always wished he would do. And so to make sense of our story, again, I don't know if it's helpful for you, but I'll just tell you our story and if there's any application, maybe God can use it. And I'll just tell our story under each of those. Waiting a three-year, sustaining a ten-year, healing a five-month, aspiring a four-day. Here's the story. About 13 years ago, Marsha began to have very physically debilitating um, symptoms. And it was uh, quite dramatic on her body. She would have spiking high fevers that would last um, so long and then turn to chills and not be able to recover. And she was having swelling of internal organs. And she was having massive joint pain. And uh, for three years, we went through doctor after doctor after doctor. And I'm thinking, you know, God's going to answer this quick because I'm hands up. Help me, God. Help her. And it's not three months. It's not six months. It's not nine. It's not a year. It's one, two, three years. And many times, most days, I would come home and Marsha would be wrapped up in the bed and she would be unable uh, to function. And she was powerless and I was powerless. And there's nothing I could do for my wife. And I'm begging God, why don't you help us? I got two kids in high school. I got a middle schooler. I got a three-year-old. We're building this central campus space. Highest risk we take in ministry up till then. You know, we're supposed to be leading for you, and you're not doing a whole lot here. Get us a doctor. Get us a diagnosis. Get us help. And I felt bad for her. And honestly, I felt bad for me. I would just, 
get up and go work all day and then come home. And she, she, she put on a bold face. She's a brave lady. She did all that she could, but very limited in what she could do. And it was just undoing to us. And about three years in, having gone through several specialists, she got to a gastroenterologist who was able to diagnose something and then point it to another rheumatologist and now another specialist. And we've been through this before, but now again, and somebody figured it out. And by the grace of God, this doctor was able to diagnose uh, that, that she had an autoimmune disease called adult stills, which I'd never heard of. And it moved us from this three-year period into a 10-year period where it seemed like for the three years, we would just kind of barely go up and inch up the wall every month and then go back. And it's like, God, are you helping? And then finally, finally, somebody diagnosed this and somebody helped her understand her body. And we were able, we found medication and she was able to get on medication specifically, one shot in particular, one shot she would self-administer every week. Now, this was expensive uh, every January to mid-February. We would hit our multi-thousand dollar deductible and, um, you know, we, but at least, at least my wife was restored to health. I can't tell you how much joy there was in the Myers household when we found medication with a good diagnosis and a good solution and she can get back to fitness and health. And for the next 10 years, you know, we're kind of at the top of the wall and Marsha's like, at least I have a life. I got my health back. She could get back into fitness and running and, and restore. And so for the last 10 years, she's been on a self administered shot every week and we just don't talk about it we're just grateful she's okay but I discovered that um this past August when God began to stir in our church to be rooted in prayer that I, I've never asked God to heal her since oh I did in the first three years but I kind of passed that and she said in August I think God might uh, want us to pray for my healing and on September 1st uh we were part of a gathering that prayed over her. And I'm like, God, that would be awesome. I wish you would. I wish you could get beyond the medication. I wish you would supernaturally do something for my wife. We got done with the prayer, and I asked her, you know, that week, what do you think? Do you think God's doing anything? She says, I don't know. You know, it's a, it's a unique disease. It's hard to measure. It's hard to, to discern. She said, but I think God is saying, maybe I should just go off the medicine and see like, he's not saying that, honey. I promise you, he's not saying that. Like, like on the outside, I want to support her and be of encouragement. I'm like, no, 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 no. And if I were honest with you, it's not just, it's, I don't know if it's a lack of faith. But I'm like, dear God, I can't go back. I can't watch my wife go through that again. And I can't go through that again. And we've held the story really close, God, but I can't do that again. She says, no, I think God's asking me. And I'm like, well, you got more faith than me. I'll pray with you. So every day since, but she laid down her medication. And I'm like, shouldn't we call the doctor? She says, I just, I can't get an appointment quickly. So for the next 30 days, she took no medication. For the next 60 days, no medication. She finally got to the doctor and he said, I wish you hadn't done that. She kept riding it out the next 30 days. Somewhere around Mid to the end of November, another meeting with the doctor. He's like, well, I don't know what's going on, but there are zero symptoms of your disease. So all I can tell you is this. For five months, my wife has not taken her medication. And it, 
It looks like God's healed my wife. We keep praying about it every day. I'll let him settle it and demonstrate it. But so far, I'm like, yay, God. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And God can do that. Now, what does that have to do with the four days? See, the whole time I was worried about her getting off her medication because I knew what she's going to do in January. And in January, she's going to do something dopey. She's going to go to Disney for this stupid run that's four days in a row, 5K, 10K, half marathon, full marathon, without the medication. Your body can't survive that unless you were healed, honey. And she did. And she ran 48.6 miles and has zero symptoms. High, high athletic accomplishment. And I'm going to tell you something. You can't imagine that day when you lived back in this day. But his is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And when you pray and seek him, God can do what you can't do. Hey, some of you are in marriages that are over here. And you're like in the waiting, slow up the wall. And you think your marriage is broken and wrecked and God can't do anything. But if you stay in prayer. God might help you slowly, inch by inch, crawl up to the wall. And maybe you're in sustaining seasons where you're at the top of the wall, but you can't get over. But you keep praying, and eventually the power of God can heal. I've watched marriages get healed, and then they're aspiring. They're now helping other marriages through re-engage get it right by the power of God. That's the stuff God can do in prayer. And I've watched people financially in holes. They could never recover, and they can't get out of the hole getting up the wall. But then pretty soon, by the grace of God, he gives them the right job. He opens his things up financially. There's financial healing. And pretty soon they're helping people financially and giving like they never could before. This is who our God is. Prayer is that practical. God is that powerful. His is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. It's who he is. So I want to turn the service over to the campus pastors because we're going to take a moment before God, recognizing that we join in praying for our community because they have walls to scale, and we have walls to scale. Hey, hey, good morning, church. We're glad to see you. Why don't you stand with us? We're going to enter a time of worship. I encourage you to make your praises loud this morning. God is faithful. He's merciful. He's kind. He's worthy of our attention. He's worthy of our adoration. Let's sing loud. Come on. Adoration, hallelujah. In the prayer.